Christ desires, he expects his churches to have integrity. What a church ought to be, he expects of them. So he looked at this church and he said of this church that it was dead. And perhaps you realize this morning, I didn't use the term dead very much in the sermon. Why did you do that? Dead was in the passage. Well, it's, it's partly because I know some of you are familiar with this letter. And I wanted to warn us. I wanted to... I got red, so I don't have any battery left. So I, I got a fresh pack up here. Phones go off in the service and you run out of battery in the service. That is normal, right? That's normal. All right, here we go. So, in reference to the term dead, I didn't want to emphasize that term to the degree that we very quickly tuned out and took no benefit from a church that we didn't readily identify with. So I didn't press that point. I know it's in the text, but I tried to to grab for the overarching point of what Christ does expect of the church. This church is supposed to be a benefit to us by way of what Christ says to it. So we learned this morning that Christ wants integrity. And we learned that the, the label dead is undesirable. That's not what he wants. We need to be alive. Things in Sardis weren't going so well. They were church in name only. They were dead and their works were inadequate. From those points... Our church learns that Christ knows our true condition, we don't fool him, and he expects significant progress in his plan. And in the case of Sardis, they needed to become awake. They needed to become aware of their condition. So Christ gave them five commands. The five commands are, wake up, strengthen what remains, remember what you've heard and received, keep and repent. So there's a lot of warning that we find here in the tone of what Christ communicates to them. He expects his church to be vigilant about its own spiritual health. And that, and that spiritual vis- vigilance is aided when it's strengthened and sustained, uh, sustaining the things that are spiritually valuable. The things that matter need to be upheld in the church and guarded. And unto that end, the church to be vigilant about its condition, Christ closes uh, the first portion of this letter and verse 3 by, by giving motivation to the church. I should say in verses 2 and 3. He, he's given them what he wants. Now he's going to motivate them towards what he wants. He wants them to be spiritually vigilant about their condition. Now what would motivate them? Well, two things. He motivates them by warning them. And he warns them in verses 2, in the end of the verse, and then again in verse 3. So let's look at first at verse 2. And we'll realize that Christ knows what is going to happen if Sardis doesn't do anything. If they're unmoved by what Christ says. At the end of verse 2, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. About to die. So Christ is urging the church to act now. Therefore, we learn that Christ expects us to affirm the danger of spiritual sloth. If the church in Sardis 
fails to heed Christ's command, what remained there that was of value is going to be lost. It's about to die. The time to act is now, while there are still embers that may be rekindled. Now, kids, this summer, and probably this coming summer, you're going to sit around a campfire and roast a hot dog or make a s'more. And when you do that, you make a fire. And the flames burn brighter and brighter. And then they die down. And then all you have are embers that may flicker a bit and glow. And the more you see those embers, the more you realize if you don't add fuel to the fire, if you don't fan the flame, it's going to go out. It's going to die away. So Christ is saying here to this church in Sardis, the window of opportunity is closing. And that makes it all the more important that you act now. The time is running out. In addition to that, Christ gives another motivation for them to be stirred up to be spiritually vigilant. This comes in verse 3. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. So now Christ threatened to come against his church in Sardis. A thief is one who comes under the cover of darkness. He takes and then he escapes away without being noticed. And Christ here is threatening the church that names his name with an act against them because they're not heeding his word. If they will not hear him, they will not heed his word, he will come against them. This is not the second coming of Christ, but it is a special coming of Christ. So he simply threatens, if you won't be restored, you will be surprised. You will be surprised. So that teaches us that Christ expects us to receive instruction. Not only does Christ expect us to affirm the danger of spiritual sloth, he wants us to receive instruction. And the sad truth about us fallen creatures is that we hesitate to do what we should do even when the answer is right before us, when it's abundantly clear. We've read in Proverbs many times that a wise man receives instruction. But how often it is that the people of Israel who heard those words disregarded the prophet's instructions. The way was plain and the people said, I won't have it. No. The same is true for those in Sardis who named the name of Christ. So, reflecting on that, this is what our prayer ought to be. God, may I always have a disposition ready to receive instruction. So often, like a child who refuses his medicine, I am prone to refuse the spiritual remedy to help me. That's right before me. The remedy that leads me to Christ. God, help me to be receptive to instruct him. Now, children, if I can apply this to you for just a moment, that's really the heart cry of your parents because your parents want to help you. Your parents want to lead you in the right path, in the way of wisdom, and the way of wisdom is the path that filters life through the knowledge of God. And your parents want your heart They want you to be receptive to what they say. They want you to listen. They want you to be receptive. 
That's what Christ wants of his church. And brothers and sisters in the Lord, we're a body of Jesus Christ. We're the local church. And Christ commands us to minister grace to each other. And for that to happen, that, we, that means that we administer God's word to each other. We speak God's word to each other. We remind each other of God's word. And the thing about that is, as we remind each other of God's word, we have the opportunity to be blessed. We have the opportunity to be rebuked and challenged and corrected and built up. But the question is, will we be receptive to that? And we need to pray that we have a disposition that receives instruction. What becomes more and more difficult, the longer we're together, the more we know each other, the more we see each other's faults, is to not allow the Word of God to to really encourage us because we're too concerned about the person talking to us. Well, he doesn't have his life right, so why should I listen to him? What we have to do is have a spirit about us that is ready to hear what God has to say, even when it is ministered to us by people who aren't perfect, people who still have a ways to go. But if we will do that, if we allow others to speak truth to us and will listen, then we can be the kind of church that God wants us to be. This church in Sardis lacked uh, integrity. They didn't have everything they were supposed to have. This church was not a new-in-the-box church with all of its parts. Its works were inadequate. They were not complete. And their practice didn't back up their profession. And Christ was not fooled by it. And the important point to remember is that Christ is not fooled when you or I shrug off a message from him that is meant to be gracious for us, that's meant to be grace in our lives. He's not fooled when we just let the sermon go by, when someone speaks the truth to us and and we just don't want to take it. He knows about that. And brothers and sisters, we need to be receptive. We need to have a tender spirit that is ready to hear God speak and that is uh, ready and uh, obedient to do God's will. So here's the thing. No matter what you were facing individually, what we may be facing corporately, no matter the current issue, no matter some crippling weakness, Christ has a word of grace for you and for me. And it may be ours if we'll be receptive to it. God had a word for the church in Sardis. And it would be grace to them if they'll receive it. And God can change even a church like that. And God can change and will change each one of us as we are receptive to his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this brief word tonight, but a wonderful passage we've been able to study this day. Pray that it will encourage us in whatever way you're dealing with each one of us today that you'll allow it to be light, that you will cause us to have just a relief that given what we are facing, we have a word from you that we found in the Bible, and it is leading us in the right path. We may take that opportunity to walk in the way and please you. And Father, we ask that you would encourage us with even the desires that you put within us 
and the responsiveness within us to hear what you have to say and to want to do what you've called us to do. Encourage us even further as we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen.